When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of the Steelers Fix. It's Jeremy Betts. It's Andrew Wilbar coming at you. On a Tuesday afternoon, uh, a victory Tuesday, if you will, the Steelers winners again on Sunday after a one-week hiatus of uh, that uh, situation. Uh, and so you've got a, a Steelers team that went 4-0 against the NFC South, and I, I just know that this thrills my podcast partner to no end, that the Steelers win again. Andrew Wilbar, welcome to the show. How you doing, man? Well, I made it back to Michigan for Christmas safely. That was good. So not good um, then. You're not doing good. I I didn't say that. I didn't say <laughs> no, that. I didn't I mean, say anything. You, um, you know, I I did not have to suffer during the actual game watching us win. Oh. If that meant no, I it really it <laughs> it Mitch Trubisky uh, playing well was a positive. Um, the offensive unit as a whole showed some sort of cohesion, which we hadn't really seen much at any point this year. Um, that's a plus the downside. We helped Tom Brady. Uh, that is always a downside and it is always a downside. Uh, I guess it's not always a downside. It's actually rarely a downside getting a, uh, better draft pick, uh, or getting a worse draft pick, which the Steelers are (laughs) succeeding in doing. And making my receding hairline recede that much quicker. Yeah, I mean, you know, we we help out Tom Brady, but you know, is that really going to matter? They're going to be one and done, right, in the playoffs. I hope, but it's Tom <laughs> Brady. You never know. Uh, I'm, you, never yeah. count him out until he is out. Yeah, that's true. I, you know, overall though, you can't be doing that great. You, you're back in that northern state, and uh, you know, the Steelers are not following your your path to. Uh, uh off-season relevance so you know i'm just saying uh we're here for you andrew uh the steelers fix 
uh, listeners, we're, we're all here for you and, uh, you can cry on our shoulders anytime you need. All right. And we'll get through this together. I'll get my tears <laughs> out with Mach 1.0, which will be coming out very soon. There you go. Steelers climbing the draft board in the, well, in falling down the draft board, I guess, uh, in the, uh, standing. So, uh, but Hey, let's talk about this win against the, against the Panthers. We're recording this on Sunday night. So it's pretty fresh in our minds, but, uh, uh, the Steelers improved to four and like I said, against the NFC South, uh, contrary to that, they are zero and four against the AFC East, which is a big reason why they're sitting where they are today. But, uh, there were some positives and I think you got to start with, uh, the running game on both offense and defensive sides of the ball. The Steelers gave up a season low in rushing yards and a season low to the Panthers actually a low for the Panthers since like 2016 or something like that. Only like 26 yards uh, on the ground today or on Sunday, excuse me. And, uh, but the running game for the Steelers, uh, especially early set the tone allowed uh, Trubisky to, to work from the pocket and hit his guys on the edges. Uh, the Steelers did go really far away from the uh, over the middle of the field passing game. Uh, in this one, after seeing Trubisky struggle there mightily against the Ravens, zero targets, zero for number 88, Pat Fryermuth in this game, which tells you the Steelers game plan was run it and uh, beat the beat the uh, Panthers on the perimeter. So it worked, man. It, it gave them the win and it was a good game plan and they stuck with it. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts on the run defense because they were so bad against the Ravens. How do you turn it around so quickly against just another good team? Was it preparedness or was it uh Hey, we just, we figured out a rotation that that works. I don't know if there really is an answer at this point in the season. Nothing seems to make sense. It's this team is so inconsistent from one week to the next. You can't find any pattern. You can't find any trend. You know, I know this. I mean, some people are like, well, the Steelers brought in Jonathan Marshall. I'm sure he was the answer. Yeah. (laughs) At the end of the day, I think there's no way of being able to specifically pinpoint what the difference was other than, you know, J.K. Dobbins was fresh last week. Let's give them that. You know, he's coming off an injury, but he has doesn't have any tread on him from this season. And that's a plus. Uh, I think. I think you're looking at a Panthers team that has been through a lot of turmoil this year. Yeah. A team that they thought they had figured some things out on offense. Uh, Their offensive line really isn't, hasn't done any better than what they did with Pat Meyer. I mean, it's pretty much the same unit in terms of their play style. I mean, you can still see Pat Meyer's fingerprints on that. Nothing has really changed as it pertains to how their perform their overall performance really is. And I, I think you're looking at a team that has, you know, guys like Deontay Foreman, Chuba Hubbard, and that's yeah, their backfield. This, you know, the Steel, we often forget, you know, the Steelers have struggled against the run, but the we've seen the Steelers at their best. The personnel really has not changed from when a whole lot from when the Steelers have succeeded against the run. You still have Cameron Hayward up front. Ogan Joby can defend the run well. And there have been times this year where we have seen Bush and um, well, of course, Miles Jack was out today, but um, we've seen those linebackers being able to stop that run. It's just not consistent. And I don't have the answer as to specifically what went right today and what's gone wrong other weeks other than, you just can't figure this team out. This is your typical yeah. bad team 
that comes away with a few surprise wins down the stretch. This one wasn't necessarily a surprise win. The Panthers are not that good of a team. But every year, it always shakes up the draft order a little bit in that top 10. You always see these teams, sometimes even in the first or second overall pick, they randomly come away and win a game. You can't even explain it. Down day, good day for one team, bad for the other. I don't know if there's any science to how the Steelers did it today. I really yeah, don't know I th- if there's an answer. I think the the answer is they just beat the guys in front of them today, and they didn't do that against Baltimore, you know, and maybe uh, you saw a guy like Terrell Edmonds in the box all day long today, making impressive tackles behind the line of scrimmage, uh, blowing up um, blocking schemes and just uh, the, the Steelers front four in a TJ Watt who looked better than he has all year, except for week one against the Bengals. He looked uh, like a, a rejuvenated TJ uh, so that's good to see Larry Ogunjobi and Cam Hayward again, looking like a, a duo that the Steelers should try to keep together in 2023. Kind of like we talked about last week. Uh, let's move on though, to uh, maybe Andrew was right about Mitch Trubisky. Let's keep this brief, Andrew, but Mitch Trubisky uh, being, <laughs> being what you thought and, and some of us thought he could be, but you were his champion early this year, really just guiding a, a Steelers team to yeah. uh do enough on offense with a balanced running game and, and a better called game uh, overall from the offensive coordinator. So Trubisky living up to a little bit of what we were hoping he would uh, in this game, at least. Yeah. I think he's, he's gotten to the point where he can succeed against lesser competition. I, I think, I think that game last week really showed the Steelers, not only the deficiencies on the offensive line or the deficiencies in Mitch Trubisky, but just the fact that, we sometimes forget, even when Baltimore is not the best in the secondary, they still have a good defense overall, and they're better than a lot of these other bottom of the basement teams that the Steelers have faced in the past, down the stretch and have got been able to win a few of those. And you know, this you're looking at today's game, a team that's just depleted uh, overall. If you look at them on yeah. paper. They're just not that good, and they're, this is a team that Trubisky should be able to succeed against, and he did. Yeah. I, there's just no way to necessarily excuse last week's performance because last week's performance was trash. I yeah. just, you know, this team is just so inconsistent. It's frustrating <laughs> because right. this is what we thought Mr. Trubisky was capable of doing any week. Right. Well, it's obviously not happening every week, but again, how much of the blame goes to Matt Kanda? How much of the blame goes to Trubisky? Yeah. We're going to, we can debate that all off season, but at the end of the day, I think Trubisky has proven that he still has potential in him. It's just he's got to find his himself the right system. Yeah. We thought it was Matt Canada. It's not Matt Canada. It's not. And the Steelers are most definitely fully engaged <laughs> in their rookie quarterback, Kenny Pickett, and what he'll be for the future. So uh, this is probably all a mute point, but it was good to see Trubisky go out there and have command of the offense and uh, hit guys on third down and move the chains. That 21 play 91 yard drive 11 minutes and 43 seconds off the clock in the third quarter was one of the most amazing things the Steelers have done in uh, several years. (laughs) In my opinion, that was awesome. I love to see it. Um, You know, I think just a final thought on this game is that maybe we're not giving the coaching staff enough credit for the adjustments that they made at the bye week And we saw a team that was, had no identity flailing about in uh, uncertainty at a bunch of different positions. And we've seen a team kind of gel and they've had a lot of health. That's, that's been um, 
impressive outside of TJ Watts uh, injury, which kept him out obviously for a large portion of the season, but overall the offensive line has had a chance to gel together. I think you're seeing that a little bit. Najee Harris and Jalen Warren are uh, proving to be a very good combo in the backfield, something the Steelers can build on. And then despite the lack of usage uh, for Pickens and Fryermuth again this week, you see what those guys can be. And it is encouraging as well that the Steelers can beat a team without needing those guys to be in amazing. And you had decent performances from Najee Harris and Deontay Johnson, and you were good enough to win against a team that has been playing better football recently. So you got to give them credit there. But uh, Andrew, let's move on from the Steelers win and uh, kind of take a look at uh, the Steelers off offseason that will be upcoming very shortly only three weeks left of the regular season and uh for the non-playoff squads the offseason preparations will begin very very shortly and i think we both agree the steelers probably do not fit the description of a playoff team won't get there so it's about time for us to really break this down and start getting into the offseason and uh, that's what we do on the Steelers Fix. If if you if you enjoy Steelers offseason talk, this is the place to be from now until next season starts. This is what we're going to do. We talked about the Steelers free agents last week, their pool of free agents that they have in-house right now. We're going to talk about some offensive free agents outside the organization across the league that fit team needs. And that also could be uh, supplemental pieces to help the Steelers be a deeper and more well-rounded team overall. But before we do that, Andrew, we need to establish some team needs on offense. We talked about that earlier this season, uh, but some things have changed and we've seen some guys play better. We've seen guys come into their own. And so I think, uh, you know, we, we have a pretty good idea of what the offense offensive needs are at this point. And uh, in a, in a weird way, because the Steelers defense, we, we hear it all year is the highest paid, uh, you know, defensive unit in football, uh, most money going to that side of the ball. There's probably more needs on defense than there are on this offense. And that's just uh, the epitome of the Steelers season right now. It, it really doesn't, you can't pinpoint any one issue. You, the strengths that you thought would be strengths are not. And the weaknesses that you thought would be weaknesses maybe aren't playing out to be that as much the offensive line, for example, but let's start. I think you and I both agree the overall number one need on the offense is at left tackle where Denmore Jr. had a pretty good game against Carolina. Um, and you see that he's much better in the run game than a, as a pass blocker. Um, but still, there's so, too much inconsistency there. Can't let one or two good games in a season change your mind about the overall picture of a guy. And I think you and I both agree left tackle uh, is the biggest need on the team. By far, I wouldn't even say just the team. I think the Steelers' need at left tackle is one of the biggest needs really in the league right now. Mm. Uh, I believe that's how gaping it is. I think just move Dan Moore to the you know that third swing tackle, and you know maybe he can provide some value there if either of the tackles go down. But the Steelers cannot afford another season with him as our left tackle. Yeah, I agree with that. And then moving to uh, just right beside him, left guard Kevin Dotson, another – uh, bad penalty in this game. He's been highly penalized this year. Just doesn't play with his head a lot. Um, he does have physical traits, but it just doesn't seem like he's really been able to put it together like we hoped he could. Uh, is this a, a spot you think the Steelers need to address as well this offseason? 
Absolutely. I think guards always deep in the draft. Really, when we're going to talk about, you know, the free agents at each position, and we're going to realize that probably the Steelers' best options to fix the offensive line is going to be through the draft. Maybe you bring in one veteran somewhere, but the Steelers already have a vet in James Daniels at one guard spot. You have a vet at Mason Cole, and you have your own vet in Chikumo Korofor. I know you don't – it's not ideal to have a rookie at both spots on that left side protecting the quarterback, but that may be the best way for the Steelers to move forward long-term – yeah. would be going that route of drafting both the left tackle and uh guard. Unfortunately, uh, Fashanu, uh, who could have been the top tackle in this draft from Penn state would have been a great fit for the Steelers is returning to school. Mm-hmm. So now the Steelers have to kind of go from the Skaronsky Johnson and whoever else may rise. Yeah. Uh, category. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, at left guard, I think, I think you nailed it there. Um, maybe you bring in a guy at left guard in free agency, and we'll talk about some guys here in a little bit in the second half of the show. Uh, maybe you bring in a guy that could start early in the year and kind of, uh, you know, allow a rookie to get some mental reps and um, grow in that way. But I mean, you never know. Sometimes these guys that you pick in the second, third, fourth round of the draft at offensive guard are are plug and play starters, and it's your your first round left tackle that you went out and grabbed that has the issues because it's just, it's a, it's a more difficult position to play. So, uh, you know, you could see that happen for the Steelers. Uh, in any case, I think free agency should be looked at. You, you're going to need some guys to, to fill some depth pieces for sure, because the Steelers depth, not very good, but I think we can both agree. Left side really is the part that needs the work. The right side of the offensive line, not so bad, even to, to quorum, uh, Chooks a core for, I'll just go with that. So I don't uh, blow that really bad. Uh, you know, I think he's, he's very serviceable as a right tackle. And I don't necessarily believe that with the Steelers, other pressing needs that he's uh, a guy that you need to consider strongly to replace. Yeah. I, I, it's so frustrating because you want that run blocker on that right yeah. side and be able to pave the way. But if a core for is doing well there and you find somebody else at left tackle, maybe you don't move them. You don't move something that's, you know, working yeah. out. So I guess you just keep him on that right side for now, but I still think he would be just fine on the left side and maybe a better fit overall, but uh, it doesn't look like the Steelers are looking in that direction. Yeah, for sure. All right. So I think left tackle, left guard, definitely the biggest team needs. You could talk about tight end too, maybe as something to, to look at, but I think Zach Gentry has been, just fine there. Um, and then you've got a guy in Connor Hayward who, uh, you know, I think really could, could find a role in that H back tight end two role next year. Cause I don't think the Steelers will be bringing back Derek Watt on a new contract. Just doesn't feel like that's going to happen. I would love to see him get more chances at fullback <laughs> with his versatility there. Uh, and I think he can be a, an effective blocker in that area as well. Uh, so I don't necessarily know if that's a huge need, but uh, maybe a, another wide receiver. The Steelers like to take flyers on wide receivers. I know you like it when teams take flyers on wide receivers late um, quarterback. That's going to be an interesting discussion this off season, not necessarily at starter where the Steelers are seem destined to ride with Kenny Pickett as far as he'll take them over the next few years. Um, but uh the backup situation will be something to monitor is are Trubisky and, and uh, Rudolph going to want to stay in Pittsburgh. <laughs> uh, if one of them goes, will the other be fine to stay? You know, that's going to be a big question moving forward. Um, but let's go ahead and jump 
uh, into the second half of the show. We'll take a quick break. And uh, when we do that, we'll come back. Um, not going to do two minute drills today. Fantasy football season is in the playoffs uh, and there's more pressing things to, to worry about. And then obviously college football, not on, on their little break before bowl games start. So we will uh, continue on in the second half of the show with uh, free agent options for the Steelers uh, that fit their team needs. And we'll just go through every position as well and list some guys that could be potential targets for the Steelers in 2023 free agency. Don't go anywhere. The Steelers fix. We'll be right back. To the Steelers fix. This is the second half of our fan or our free agency focus podcast. We're talking about the offense and uh, Andrew. We've got we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven positions we're going to talk about here. But really, like we talked about before the break, uh, only two really big ones that the Steelers need need to address. We believe, and that's uh, left tackle, left guard. Um, but we're going to mention some guys that intrigue us as well at these other positions. We talked about quarterback being some, having some uncertainty um, at, behind Kenny Pickett going into 2023. Um, tw- Mitch Trubisky is under contract. Um, so that plays a role in this. Uh, and uh, Mason Rudolph is a free agent. We talked about that last week. Um, but, you know, there's a, there's, there's a lot of guys that, the Steelers can probably afford that or lower down like they typically do uh, waiting till the second wave, third wave of free agency to really get some of the diamonds in the rough. If you will, that's what they try to do. doesn't always work out, but uh, the Steelers are going need to need to do that this year because they have a very low projected cap space overall uh, spot track uh, only projects them for uh, a little over 14 million in 2023 cap space. That's 17th most in the league. So, um, and that's with the potential jump to uh, $225 million in cap space uh, this next year. So the Steelers are going to be relying on a big jump there uh, uh, from the NFL to even give them that. So hoping against hope, (laughs) I guess that they have some money to work with. Um, And that's going to be even before signing their, their rookie class. So, uh, it's going to be very difficult to sign really anybody, but definitely multiple impact players, um, like plug and play starters anywhere. But let's talk about some of these guys anyway, um, because you never know. Uh, Omar Khan is a cap space genius, right? He can manipulate some of these things. There will probably be some releases and some adjustments to the roster that could improve that. Um, some restructurings that can improve that as well. But uh, how do you see the Steelers approaching this offseason? Just real quick before we dive into these players with that projected cap space right now. I wouldn't be surprised if we see some people cut like you had said. I'm not sure if we see like a Cameron Hayward cut like some people are talking about. I just don't see that happening. Yeah. Um, I, I just can't imagine Cameron Hayward in another uniform outside of a Steelers uniform. Yeah. And the but Steelers I don't really like... do that either. They There's a precedent yeah. that they don't do that. They probably let guys hang around one or two yeah. years too long in most cases. Right. 
Yeah, I don't think that happens. But every year we see a couple restructures. Steelers find ways to create money. I'm not always a fan of it. I'm not a guy who likes putting off the debts. I like paying them off and then <laughs> having more in the future. And to me, this would be an ideal offseason, especially like we're talking about if there's no answer at left tackle or guard for the Steelers and free agency. This may be an offseason that would be smart to just eat some of these heavier yes. contracts and then open up a ton of space in 2024. Because frankly, even if the Steelers are better next year, which I think we all hope they're go- they will be, it's highly unlikely they're Super Bowl contenders next year. Yeah. They may be pl- contend with the playoffs if all things go well, but I don't think anybody in their right mind is saying the Steelers are a Super Bowl team. Just looking at the roster right now, the Steelers just have too many needs. So I think just looking at that, this may be an offseason to not do a bunch of restructures, but or maybe restructure contracts to where you get some of that money off now and you pay less later on. You know, yeah. maybe that's an idea too. Yeah, absolutely. They're going to have to be smart with it. And I know Omar Khan's going to want to make some moves, you know, and really um, continue to establish his his role and his, uh, I don't know, you know, his his place for this organization. Um, and, you know, it's going to be interesting. And Mike Tomlin, I believe, is going to think that he's a few pieces away from being able to push. That's just how he operates. And what he believes and they would have to hit on a lot of draft picks and find some depth. I think depth is probably just as big an issue as some of the holes in the starting lineup, but uh, for the offensive side of the ball, let's start with quarterback because there's some interesting names out here and it's not a great free agency class overall. I don't think, especially on offense, just looking at some of the free agents, a little underwhelming to me uh, going through 2023 free agents, but um I was looking at a couple guys like Kyle Allen, Gardner Minshew, a couple guys that um, have some mobility to move around in the pocket, kind of like Pickett does, like Trubisky does. If you don't bring back Trubisky and Rudolph, I think the Steelers would likely go to a guy who would play a similar style to uh, Pickett to keep the offense in rhythm and in play. And I think specifically Minshew, who has played – winning football as a starter in this league could be an ideal backup for a guy like Kenny Pickett. I know you had a couple of guys that you were thinking about as well that stand out to you. Yeah, I really like Tyler Huntley. I liked him when this, when he was coming out of Utah, he has a solid arm. Um, I believe he is capable of using his arm more than what Baltimore entrusted him with, you know, they liked using his legs a lot when rightfully so he can move. But I think uh, he would be ideal. I don't, if Baltimore brings back Lamar Jackson, I feel is if they're going to bring back Huntley too, because he's the perfect backup for Jackson. They play a similar style. Huntley's just a poor man's Lamar Jackson. That's what he is. I think he's capable if he develops his passing a little bit better. He may be a little bit better natural passer of the ball than Lamar Jackson, not in terms of talent, but in terms of just ability to accurately deliver the ball to different areas of the field. I feel like Huntley's ball placement is a little bit better uh, overall. But I think he'd be an ideal backup because he would, I believe he'd be a good compliment. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see which route the Steelers take. Like the guys that you mentioned are ones that are going to play similar style. Will the Steelers yeah. go after someone who plays a similar style or will they go after someone that brings a totally different entity if Pickett goes down just to change up the pace, throw the defense off guard? It'll be interesting to see what route they take. Drew Locke's another guy to keep an eye on. He's more in the type that you're talking about with like the yeah. Kyle Young, Gardner Minshew. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Drew Locke, man. If he he had so much potential, I think, and he's been, I mean, that's a disappointment Huge for him. Arm. I'm sure. Oh man, uh, Justin Herbert was is he, I comped Justin Herbert to Drew Locke from a physicality standpoint. Yeah, 
I mean, those two guys were very similar, big dudes, yep. big bodies, a lot of athleticism. Oh man. And a lot of us, including myself thought that drew Locke had more of an it factor than Justin Herbert. Cause that was the thing missing in his mm. game. Like it's just like, does he not have the awareness needed inside the pocket? It's like, there was always something missing in Herbert's game when you watched him yeah. at Oregon and this goes to show Roll something reversal, you just man. can't, you, just, you can't you make sense of in the NFL. Yeah. I know it. some guys work out. Some guys don't. All right. Lead us into running back, man. I, I know the Steelers, Looking real good at running back. I'd be surprised if they made really any moves <laughs> uh, yeah. bringing in an outside guy here. Um, but what do you think? Um, you got a couple guys that – or maybe even just one that stand out to you as guys that could fit in this offense. Well, I still like Anthony McFarland as a change of pace option if the Steelers can consider keeping him around. But another guy that I've liked, again, since draft, Justin Jackson. Guy, oh, yeah. he's kind of hopped around with the Chargers, the Lions. He's never been bad in any area, though. When he, he had to fill in, you know, when Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler uh, had injuries, he would step in. He did a solid job in Detroit in limited snaps. He's shown some pop. He has the ability to do it all. He can pass block some. He's a really good receiver out of the backfield. And he has that patient running style similar to Le'Veon Bell. Um, but he has that burst that you want as well. I, I've liked Justin Jackson's game since he was at Northwestern. Um, I think he'd be a good compliment. Again, Jalen Warren's not necessarily a compliment to Najee Harris. He's a good number two. Yeah. But if the Steelers can bring someone in who brings a new entity, uh, I think Justin Jackson could be a guy that uh, could fit that billing. Yeah, kind of kind of flying with the same thought process here. I like a guy like Matt Breida, who brings a real speed element, uh, and he has shown um, the ability to catch the ball as well. He, he may not be as good at that at – as a guy like Justin Jackson, who's more of a, a good, well-rounded back there. But, um, you know, Matt Breida, if if the Steelers elect to let Benny Snell, Anthony McFarland, those guys go, they've had their time here. Specifically McFarland, I think Breida kind of could be that type of replacement guy. Maybe not a shifty, but the straight line speed is there. He's a, he's a home run hitter type, and I think that that's something the Steelers could look at. Um to kind of round out that running back room where they've got some bruisers right now at the top. Um, let's go into wide receiver. And I think wide receiver might be the, one of the most uh, depressing groups <laughs> in free agency overall. Um, just a lot of guys that are like, yeah, okay, good. Number threes. You know, there's a few guys at the top, maybe that, that are a little different. Um there's guys like uh Leo Jones. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We've been talking for years. The Steelers need to bring in a veteran wide receiver to help the maturity room, and I still don't think it would be a terrible idea. I'm not vouching for Julio Jones. I'm yeah. not, you know, supporting that. I'm just it wouldn't be a terrible idea to maybe bring in a 35-year-old wide receiver on you know a one-year deal really cheap, just so you have some experience in the locker room because I still am curious about how mature that locker room is gonna be sure. in that wide receiver room. Yeah, I mean, I like another Jones a little bit better, Marvin Jones, who's going to be an un unrestricted free agent this year. He's kind of got that type of a deal going on too. Uh, a veteran guy who's been in some big games. He's played some good football. Uh, athletic guy, Julio Jones, though. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been a, a number one receiver in the entire league before. So yeah, you, you'd like to have that type of of um, you know. Uh, uh, that type of leadership in the locker room. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is a free agent again after this year. That ain't happening, right? <laughs> you never know. But uh, okay, so I was talking. I was thinking Paris Campbell 
Um, you know, he's a guy who hasn't really worked out in Indianapolis, but a guy I liked coming out in the draft, I thought had a lot of potential out of Ohio state and, um, hasn't been, ex- you know, what the Colts were hoping they get, um, which was a, a, at least a solid number two, maybe even a, a speedy number one. Um, but I think he could, he could be a good fit for the Steelers, but you know, the Steelers have a lot of options at wide receiver. They could stay in house with everybody not move a muscle there and be just fine. I I'd say for 2023, what do you think? You got any guys you're looking at? I like McCall Hardman again. A lot will depend on Kelvin Austin's health. I don't yeah. know. You know, Speed is he durable over. enough to hang in there in the NFL level? Now, there's some speed guys I like in the draft as well. I don't know what McCall Hardman's going to go for. I could see a team overpaying for him. Kind of like yes. we saw with Christian Kirk last year, not to the same level, but a uh, guy who may get more than what the Steelers should really pay. Um, and Scotty Miller is another guy, you know, maybe if the Steelers aren't confident in Gunner, you kind of bring in a guy of Miller's caliber who's shown some flashes at times. It's just for some reason he gets buried on depth charts for no obvious reason. Maybe it's just something that happens in practice or what, but it seems like he should have a bigger role. Uh, he should have had a bigger role during his time at Tampa Bay. I yeah. can't totally understand why uh, he was hidden so much of the time. Yeah. Uh, Scotty Miller a huge player in that Super Bowl run for the mm-hmm. Bucks just a couple years ago and then kind of the forgotten man after that. So yeah, I feel you there. That's a I mean, Hardman to me, like you said, if uh Calvin Austin and his health are an issue moving forward, you got to get some more speed on this offense, uh some more quick twitch um at wide receiver so he could be a guy the Steelers could look at for sure. Uh let's uh let's talk tight end just real quick. Um I mentioned Foster Moreau. I think you had him down as well, but I like Blake Bell as well, a blocking tight end who does a good job in the red zone. If you're looking to move on from Zach Gentry and get another blocking tight end, Blake Bell makes a lot of sense. Um, he's played in high powered offenses. He's, he's played a lot of different roles. So I think you've got a that would be a guy that could, that could step in and be um, everything the Steelers need from a tight end too right away. Uh, did you have anybody else that you, that you like? Yeah, let's not forget Foster Moreau can block pretty well he in can. his own right as well. So I, I love Foster Moreau. He's he's the guy I would prioritize in free agency, on offensive free agency. He would be the number one guy I would target. Um, Brock Wright is another guy I like, kind of in the same mold as Moreau. Uh, didn't have as much college production, hardly had any college production. If I remember right, he only had like 12 catches for like 156 yards, something like that, like very measly stat line in college. But he's shown some flashes in Detroit. Um, I believe he had a receiving touchdown a couple weeks ago, and he's a phenomenal blocker. He ran a 4.65 in the 40. Um, it was either his pro day or at the combine. It might have been his pro day. That might have been the year they didn't have the uh, scouting combine. Uh, but ran a 4.65. He's got some athleticism. Um, I believe I gave him like a fifth-round grade, I believe, uh, the year that he came out, which was just, I believe, a year ago. Um, I believe he would end up going undrafted. So he's a guy that I would find intriguing if the Steelers move on from Gentry. And then O.J. Howard, if they want a receiving tight end. Guy, he's still going to come away fairly cheap. And we've seen O.J. Howard at his best. And when he's at his best, he's a pretty good tight end. Yeah, and offensive coordinators love to be like, I'm going to unlock this guy. He's he's one of those players. And so I could definitely see that as well. Um, You know, I think you ride from the pass catching side of things. You ride Pat Fryermuth and he's your guy. Um, but yeah, the Steelers, they could go any direction with this if they want to surround Kenny Pickett with as much talent as possible on, on the perimeter. Um, you know, it's definitely something 
that they could consider. Foster Moreau is kind of the best of both worlds, though, I think, if you're looking at a guy who could be both. In fact, Foster Moreau and Pat Frymuth are very similar type players. I mean, uh, similar profiles. I think Moreau um, has a little bit better blocking resume, like you mentioned, um, than Frymuth did, but similar players, similar builds. Um, you know, they can be a good duo for sure. All right, let's talk. Let's get into this left tackle discussion here because there are some names out there, some big names um, that have a chance specifically at the, at the very top uh, in Orlando Brown jr. Um, currently with the Kansas city chiefs, he's going to be the prize free agent on the offensive side of the ball. I believe uh, he's plays a premium position. He's still very young. You and I were both surprised how young he was more me more so than you uh, still under 27 years old. If you can believe that, and about to hit his second free agency deal here. So, um, man, if the Steelers could swing getting in a guy like this, how how in- incredible would that be, Andrew? See, I, I'm i not going to complain if the Steelers bring in a guy like Orlando Brown. I'm just not sure about the fit. His style is totally different than what the Steelers tried to do on the interior this past offseason with James Daniels and Mason Cole. Totally different style. He's very unathletic which there was a bunch made about him at, you know, draft time, you know, with his five, six, five, 40 or whatever, you know, that's not a huge deal. He's overcome that. And he's one of the best tackles in the league, but I'm not sure if his play style as a whole fits the direction the Steelers are going. Usually the Steelers are looking for athletes, maybe a little bit more trim sometimes at tackle Um, doesn't fit the mold of a typical Steelers tackle, but at the same time, that may be a good thing because the Steelers haven't invested much in the (laughs) tackle either. So I personally, I wouldn't mind Mike McGlinchey trying him at left tackle. Hmm. I don't, I think it, I'd be willing to give that a shot or even moving him to the right side and seeing if Chooks can make it on the left side as well. But McGlinchey, I would say overall, he would be my favorite overall tackle, whether he works at left tackle or not. I don't know. I don't know if you pay him as such, yeah. but if the Steelers are going to bring in a guy that would really get me excited, Mike McGlinchey, this man, he can do it all, but especially in the run blocking, he would do so much for the Steelers running game. Yeah, I agree with that. He's a he's a mauler. Uh, he's a big dude, and uh, I can't remember what draft class he came out in. Was it twenty eighteen? Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought. Um, yeah, one of the one of the best prospects that I've seen at left tackle um, coming out. Just from a like he he was so good overall coming out of college there wasn't really a lot to nitpick with him and he's kind of played that way um throughout his his career as well i like a guy tell me how you feel about this uh andre dillard who hasn't ever really gotten a a chance to be the guy in philadelphia they've always been so good at left tackle um you know he was brought in to kind of be um who was there? Who's their left tackle? Remind me. Uh, uh, Peters. Yeah. Jason Peters replacement. And, uh, you know, Peters has continued to play and play very well. So Dillard kind of sitting back there uh, waiting for his turn, but he's got a turn now to hit free agency. And he was an athletic freak coming out of college. Uh, Houston, right? Did he come out of Houston? Is that, was that the college he came out of? Or um, Dillard. Dillard or am I thinking Washington state, Washington state. Okay. So I was wrong there. I don't know where I got Houston from, but um, yeah. So a, a guy I really like, what do you think about an Andre Dillard who could come cheap, come pretty yeah. cheap. Like I don't mind Dillard, but I would prefer him if in a scenario where the Steelers just like came out and cut Dan Moore entirely and made him, because that would indicate to me, the Steelers are still willing to settle for, 
a meh left tackle at best. Mm-hmm. Andre Dillard's still not a good run blocker at all. He struggled with that mightily in college. Of course, being at Washington State, um, didn't do a whole lot of run blocking, which I should mention, you know, uh, prayers out for the Mike Leach family uh, as well after that. Yes. Um, Absolutely. Uh, it definitely um, prayers with the family. Uh, but with Andre Dillard, as it pertains to Andre Dillard, I like him overall as a player. I just don't think – I think that would mean the Steelers are still not looking to totally fix left tackle. They want a stopgap solution that's going to be cheap, and they hope they can get the most value out of them, just like they did with guys in the past and just trying to fit it all together and hope it works. You know, you're talking about guys with Zach Banner, uh, Alejandro Villanueva, kind of picking up out of nowhere – that was a Mike Munchak thing. Steelers don't have a Mike Munchak anymore. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, Dillard, <laughs> I, he's talented. He has the ability to be a great left tackle, but I just don't see it at this point. He's battled through some injuries, and he still hasn't improved as a run blocker. I got you there. Yeah, definitely some concerns. I, yeah, if you went cornerback in the first round of the draft and then, you know, you keep addressing the defense. Defensive maybe, tackle. Defensive tackle, you know. And, and, and maybe then, come back and get him. Yeah. You know, linebacker is going to be a need as well, most likely. Um, the Steelers are going to they're going to start seeing issues on defense pop up uh, in in the off season. Um, that's going to be what they see on tape. And uh, Art or yeah, Art Rooney and and Mike Tomlin they're not going to stand for that. They're not going to f- stand for holes on their defense. They're going to fill those spots quick with the draft. And if that happens, then maybe a guy like Dillard is enticing to them because he'll come cheap and he could be that filler guy. But yeah, you're right. If they're serious about getting a stud, then you you draft a guy with your first pick um, that you really like, uh, or you go after a guy like Orlando Brown. You don't you don't mess around there. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they they work with that. Um, offensive guard, left guard is going to be just as big a deal, uh, I think, for the Steelers. And um, you know, there's some guys I like. Uh, I was going to let you talk about. Um, Elton Jenkins, uh, first off, because he's a guy we both like. I saw you had put him down. Talk talk to us about Jenkins because uh, I think he would fit in this in this offense pretty well uh, as well uh, on that left side. He could versatility is his value. You know he's been moved all up and down the line primarily because of injuries. He played um, different positions in college. He had played primarily left tackle for a while. Was moved to the interior. And NFL teams thought that he would be a better fit on the interior coming out. Some people I'm listed as a guard, some as a center. Very few people end up leaving him out as a tackle, as a projected tackle. Um, he spent more time than anything, if I remember correctly, at left guard for the Packers. Um, he's moved inside to center a little bit when there was injury. Uh, he's moved all over the place, of course, made a Pro Bowl uh, already. And he was trending upward until he dealt with his own injuries. And this year they had to move him out to left tackle for a little while and did not play the best at left tackle. That may be good for the Steelers, though, because that will drive his price down. Because this year hasn't been the greatest, I think because he's been moved around so much, his value will come down. I think Track is uh, projecting his value, and they're usually on the high end. Mm-hmm. They're projecting his value at like $7.1 million. Yeah. Um, I think that could be something the Steelers could afford. Sure. And if you're talking about putting him in at left guard where he's had a lot of success, that may be exactly what the Steelers need. We He's he's defied my expectations. I was not the high, biggest Elgton Jenkins fan coming out of Mississippi State. Um, or I'm, I may be thinking of the wrong player, um, but with Jenkins was um, just moved all up and down mm-hmm. um, the offensive line. I think letting him set at guard, 
I believe that is the best spot for him um, and can play center, but don't move him out to tackle. He is um, mentally. I think he is past that at this point. He is. That's was just a temporary thing in college. That's not his fit in the NFL, but could be a great fit for what the Steelers need right at left guard. I agree. And a guy who can push and that's really what the Steelers need and pushing the run game, solid technique in the pass. Um, I like a guy like Justin Pugh out of Arizona. He plays well. Uh, there's not a lot of flaws in his game. He's kind of a really well-rounded player. You see um, if, if the Cardinals do anything well, it's it's run the football in short yardage and, and on the goal line, and that's a lot because that offensive line gets a lot of initial push. And uh, James Conner has worked out really well there because that offensive line pushes people around. And I think uh, a guy like Pugh is, is a big – is a big part of that. Um, I like Roger Saffold from Buffalo. I think Buffalo is probably going to try to keep him though. Um, he's a big part of what they do on offense. And um, you know, that offensive line group is improving as the season goes on, but I, you know, Saffold's another guy that I could see the Steelers potentially getting, he might come a little cheaper as well. Um, and then one of the guy I really like is uh, Ciamalo, uh from from Philadelphia, another Philadelphia offensive lineman. I think he's playing right guard for them right now, um, but he can move to left guard very easy. I think he plays well. Um, uh, another monstrous individual who pushes people around. So I don't know. I like to see these guys who just maul in the run game right now. Yeah. That's that's my that's my uh, crush, I guess. If you're looking at these guys, so what I'll do you add think an, some of those. I'll add an extra Eagle D, uh, offensive lineman, Lasua Opeda. Hey, um, another go. guy who, uh, when he spot started, he's done pretty well. Was one of my draft crushes a few years back. Um, keep an eye on his name. He's just kind of sitting out there, looking for a team to give him, you know, probably a minimum deal. But a guy yeah. who could provide really good depth, better than the guy the Steelers paid three million dollars for this past year that we talked about last week. Yeah. Jeremy. Yeah, he who shall not be named. <laughs> Again, uh, not worried because I forgot his name already. <laughs> Jesse Davis. Jesse Davis. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's going to be interesting. I do think, like we talked about at the top of the show, the Steelers are going to address a lot of this in the draft. Um, but I think where you'll see some stuff play out and in, in what you're going to see them look towards in the draft in, is what you see in free agency, how they deal with the offensive line in free agency, how they deal at cornerback and 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 uh linebacker in free agency that's going to tell you a lot about what they are going to want to do uh as well so this is going to be a fun off season uh to break down because it's a transition period again but it's like transitioning now from <clears throat> we were building to okay let's add some of these pieces now and see if this build can turn into a a winning uh contender if you will you know a team that's going to push maybe for a division crown because you know, Mike Tomlin keeps his teams hanging around. They're still hanging around, even though they're not that good. And uh, I know there's a lot of issues on this team, but they're hanging around, man. Um, let's not spend a lot of time on center. I think the Steelers are very well set at center. Uh, I, I am loving what Mason Cole has done. Um, I think they found their center for the next few years, honestly, and Mason Cole, no complaints with him. Uh, hardly at all, but um, you know, you you mentioned Connor McGovern in your notes here as a guy that you like. Uh, Ares, is he in there? No, he's in uh, 
Dallas. Dallas, that's right. Um, he's a good player. Tell us about Connor McGovern. Why you like why you like him? Well, it's going to be interesting to see if a team overpays for him or not because his play has been really all over the place. Um, Dallas, I have a feeling I, he may be a guy they bring back. He's not the most versatile guy in the world, yeah. but I think he fits what they're trying to do there, and he adds a little bit of extra depth along that offensive line that still has some pieces that are fairly old, some pieces that are extremely new and still – trying to gel as a unit. I think McGovern can be a guy that could provide some stability um, as a spot starter here and there. Um, not as good as what people were projecting him to be coming out of college, but I think overall um, is a guy who does have some value. If maybe the Steelers move on from half an hour, they want him consider moving cold to guard and you try McGovern at center. Mm. I it, It's just kind of a name to throw out there. If the Steelers feel like they need to add depth and he comes at a cheap price, he's on a very cheap deal right now from what I understand. Uh, but I, I I agree. Mason Cole, he was the guy I wanted last offseason. The Steelers got him. I'm still happy about it, um, and I'm excited to see what he's going to do moving forward. Yeah, the Cole and Daniels pickups really have come together as very good signings for the Steelers. <clears throat> Daniels isn't flashy, but he does what he needs to do, and I think the Steelers have relied on his leadership, and he's still so young as well. Um, the Steelers, I believe, signed both. Daniels and Cole to three-year deals. Is that correct? So they've got them under contract for a little mm-hmm. while here. Yeah. Um, that's big, I think, for some continuity on the offensive line. It's going to be fun, man. This offseason, we're going to see a lot of players move, uh, a lot of high-profile names, uh, maybe not as as deep a class in a lot of situations as uh, of free agency as, as you would hope for, uh, for some of these teams looking to go from pretender to contender in one offseason kind of like the Steelers. I, I think they could fall in that category. Um, but hey, there's always pieces that can fit your team better than they fit somewhere else. And if that works out, then you've you've hit a home run. Let's hope the Steelers can do that. Uh, if you have any questions about some of the players we've mentioned, if you'd like to uh, mention to us some other players that maybe we didn't talk about that you like, hit us up on Twitter. Andrew, let the people know where they can find you on Twitter. At Andrew underscore Wilbar. And you can find me at the bets 93 T H E B E T Z nine three. And I did want to mention real quick. Um, my, my sister uh, goes to college in Pensacola, Florida. Well, she's not in college anymore, but she works down there. Uh, and she met a, or she is friends with uh, a couple down there. And uh, one, the guy from the couple <laughs> I'm butchering this story really bad, but uh, his name is Seth and he's a big fan of the show and a follower of the behind the still curtain.com uh, content. So uh, Seth, shout out to you. Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoyed this show and others and hit us mm-hmm. up on Twitter. If you have any questions ever, we'll, we'd love to discuss it and talk Steelers football and talk off season. So uh, listeners do the same to us. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to talk to you. And uh, who knows, you might get a shout out on the show as well. That's going to do it for us here on the Steelers Fix. Andrew, it's going to be a fun few weeks to close out the season. And your Michigan team has a big playoff game left to go. So, uh, you know, it's going to be it's going to be fun for you. Not so fun for us Ohio State fans that have to watch it. But, um, you know, it is what it is. All right. You already given up hope for Ohio State? You know, <laughs> they might do the impossible, but I just don't feel it. (laughs) I don't feel, I think they're going to get crushed, but uh, you know, it's, it's, it seems like uh, 
collision course, Michigan, Georgia, the rematch this time for the national championship. We shall see. Uh, that's going to do it for us here on the Steelers Fix. For Andrew Wilbar, it's Jeremy Betts. Have a good afternoon. Yeah.